Now, allegations have been made that apparently people's accents can hold them back at work. Well, who better to look into this than Josh Crosby, a man who has himself struggled to overcome the handicap of his thick Kerry brogue <laughs> to land a job in the big smoke. Josh! Yeah, the big job above in Dublin. Look, <laughs> I, I haven't felt discriminated up here. Dublin's full of country people anyway, as we know. Now, I do know my accent can change at times. I don't do this on purpose. I think we all have a, a phone voice, depending on who we're talking to. But I will get slagged sometimes for, let's say... my Do vo- your phone voice for me. Do your phone voice. Well, you're kind of getting it here now on air. <laughs> oh, really? Well, this, like I, So this isn't even your thick carry accent. Well, what you hear now compared Jesus, to... This is barely decipherable as it is, Josh. <laughs> well, what you're hearing now compared to what you Sometimes I'm just nodding along, you know, when you're talking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know, would you even understand me now on a Saturday night on home? You definitely wouldn't if you're you're second guessing it now. But but for some people, they do feel discriminated against due to their accents. Like the old story of having certain postcodes on your CV going for a job. Some people feel they're given fewer opportunities because of their accent. Now, I think it's changing. That's rich for me to say when... My accent wouldn't really hold me back too much, unless I'm being called a culture or, or a bogger. But on a serious note, it can be really hurtful and, and demeaning for people. I met this woman on O'Connell Street earlier, Tara. She's from Dublin. She said she's personally felt looked down upon because of her accent. Dublin. 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 Dublin accent. And the real Dublin accent. A real Dublin accent. <laughs> and have you ever felt judged now, or has someone ever made an opinion because of your accent? No, in some places when you go in and you hear the Dublin accent, you automatically think you're scum, do you know what I mean? And would this happen in Dublin as well? Oh yeah, this happens in Dublin, it happens everywhere. Well, give an example there now, is it when you go into a restaurant or something? Is it? Uh, I went to a pub, you go into a pub and uh, you hear your accent, they, uh, you know, they'll be looking at you or they'll be following you around the shop if you went into a clothes shop, do you know what I mean? Is it slowly <clears> fading away, that judgement? Yeah, I think so. Would you ever judge someone on their accent? No. If you never judge a book by its cover or what it speaks, how it speaks. You, you judge you heard the heart. If, if, if you heard a country accent like mine now, you wouldn't make an assumption. No, because you judge the heart. I'll judge your heart. Not where you speak, what you look like, do you know what I mean? That's the way I am. All right, that is uh, the view of one woman on the street of Dublin. This isn't a new thing, though, is it? No, Karen. certainly not. It's nothing new. And since men and women could talk, different abilities and knowledge of languages has either, I suppose, benefited someone or unfortunately given them a disadvantage. It's been going on for centuries and sadly still exists. To hear from an expert in this area, I was speaking with Dr. Stephen Lucek, who is Assistant Professor in Linguistics at UCD. Now, Dr. Lucek says he would like proposals to the Equality Bill to outlaw discrimination based on accent or social class to be progressed. There has been a push towards a standardized voice or a standardized accent really over the last several hundred years. It doesn't just happen in English. It happens in Spanish and French. Certain people who speak what is sometimes referred to as a middle class accent, sometimes referred to as a standard accent or my favorite, no accent at all. Those people tend to have access to higher prestige aspects of society. It happens because there is a stigma towards working class style speaking. With more success stories coming out of areas that would have been historically disadvantaged, as you say, the working class accent, does that help reduce the discrimination around accents? Until the discourse shifts away from this person succeeded despite the fact that they speak with the working class accent, I don't think we'll see real progress in society. My impression is that this is something that has been used for, as I say, decades 
to keep certain people in their place in society and to stop progression through social classes. One person who feels that they have to change their accent in order to succeed means that the system is still broken. It still functions the same way. How do we lose this preconceived judgment around accents or, or will it ever disappear? The only way to minimize the impact of linguistic discrimination is for a concerted effort from all angles of society to emphasize the importance and the power of using your voice to express your identity. All right, that's Stephen Lucek there, uh, the uh, uh, Assistant Professor in Linguistics at UCD. I wonder about these speech and drama kind of specialists. Would they have people coming in, Josh, trying to soften the accent? They do, and it's not so much down to discrimination exactly, but more a sense of a lack of confidence and, and then in turn leading to missed opportunities. For many, they feel they're being held back due to their communication skills. I met with Jill Anderson, who's the director of the Dublin School of Drama and Communications. She's a qualified vocal coach. Jill says that us Irish tend to have three bad habits when it comes to speaking. So we don't open our mouths enough. We speak too quickly, which I'm guilty of myself. And Jill also says we hold our breath too much when we're in uncomfortable situations. And then this can lead to anxiety and fear which will affect what comes out. Elocution is quite an old-fashioned term at this stage. It's more kind of vocal coaching, but basically all it is is really teaching people to communicate clearly. So being able to communicate in such a way so that everyone can understand what they're saying, and that can be from non-native Irish speakers to people who feel they speak too quickly or people who have issues projecting their voices. Do people feel that they are held back sometimes and, and they're not being successful in whatever they're trying to achieve due to their accent or the way they talk? 90% of the people that would come to us would be professionals, kind of professionals between the age of 20 to 45 who feel that their communication ability is actually holding them back. And that can be things like their fear of standing up and speaking in front of others, as you say, speaking way too quickly, not being able to project their voice or articulate to a large audience. And then I suppose now, which is a, I suppose a more recent, recent phenomena, is say new Irish coming here. They're fluent in English, their English is brilliant, but English isn't a phonic language. So that means what's written on the page is not necessarily what you pronounce. And in general then, across industry and walks of life, is there a preferred accent? I think you're describing like the good old-fashioned elocution where we used to speak with the Queen's English. Not really. So... Like I suppose for vocal coaching or, or elocution now, it is about being able to speak clearly so that everyone can understand you. I actually think it's, you know, it's a real shame that people's accents are disappearing. And they are now. It's all kind of getting this, you know, merged, homogenized accent, particularly like kind of with the younger, the younger people. And I think that's such a shame. So the main goal behind vocal coaching and elocution is for people to keep their accents, but to be able to be understood and heard clearly. So that was the vocal coach and director of the Dublin School of Drama and Communications, Jill Anderson. But Kieran, I've also been out and about around Dublin asking people if they feel judged on how they speak. And for the most part, they've had positive experiences. I'd have like a Dublin accent. I wouldn't say it's a very much like Southern, like South Dublin or North Dublin. I think it's like a mix between the two. And where did you grow up? Uh, North Dublin, up D7. It's yeah, it's really, like a mix. Yeah, yeah, I feel like the American television from when I was growing up didn't really help. Uh, but compared to the rest of the family, I think I have one of the posher accents. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever felt judged based on your accent? I don't think so. I think if anything, like where I like grew up and stuff, I like had like a bit of a posher accent. So I feel like if anything, people were like the opposite would like maybe judge me in the sense that it's like, oh, he's too swanky and he. 
Two suck up his own. I'm from Westmead. Westmead. And how would you define the Westmead accent? I suppose a bit, a bit of a drawl, maybe. A drawl. And do you ever feel judged on the accent? Have you ever? Never. No. Uh, would you judge someone on their accent then? No. Not at all. You're from Kildare and you have a fairly neutral accent. I have like though. the flattest accent, I think. Flat? Yeah, like the most plain accent, so there's nothing. So people try to figure out where you're from sometimes? Yeah, basically. Well, I mean, I think I, like, I lived in Spain before and my friends who weren't Irish said that my accent's definitely the easiest of all Irish accents to understand. Yes, thank you very much to Josh Crosby for that report. Proud Kerry man with a proud Kerry accent. We'll get the news headlines. Here's Eamon.